This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. When an RO membrane sits idle and you don't have active pressure fighting against the uh, osmotic pressure, osmosis takes effect and you end up with getting TDS creeping into the treated side of the membrane. That's Justin Mest with Master Water Conditioning talking about TDS creep for RO treatment devices. It's a topic at the upcoming WQA convention and exposition in Las Vegas, July 28th through the 30th, and you can register at wqa.org convention. Welcome to WQA Radio, where we bring you news and insights about the water treatment industry and promote the betterment of water quality around the world. Find us at wqa.org on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, Twitter. This is episode number 224. Joining us for the first time, welcome, glad you're here. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcast app. That way you'll never miss a show. We call that the magic of podcasting. Also, if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor, if you've been a listener for a while, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review, and that'll help us reach more listeners. We are publishing this on July 14th of 2021, and this podcast is brought to you by Watts and the new BBS 100. Give your customers peace of mind at every tap with a complete home solution for lead and PFAS and more. Visit watts.com for more info. In this episode, we'll hear from Justin Mess about TDS creep, what it is, how to deal with it, and what you need to know when sizing an RO system. Plus, we'll have our WQA tip and a special offer for WQA radio listeners. Now, on to my conversation with Justin Mest on WQA Radio. Justin Mest, the Science and Technology Department Head at Master Water Conditioning Corporation, is joining us now on WQA Radio. And Justin Mest, uh, we appreciate your joining us. If you are, are listening and thinking to yourself, Mest, hmm, that sounds familiar. Yes, Justin is the son of Richard Mest, former WQA president. And so, Justin, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate your being with us and talking to us about uh, an upcoming session that you'll be presenting uh, on at the WQA convention. But before we get into that, let's talk about your role at Master Water. What do you do as science and technology head? So that's sort of just like... A pointless name, in all honesty. Uh, I sort of am just a company-wide X factor at the end of the day. I basically do whatever they need me to do at any given moment. But my official responsibilities are managing the in-house lab uh, or our in-house water analysis lab, to be more specific. Uh, I'm highest level QC. I'm involved in R&D. I do almost all of our product applications. Uh and that covers, uh, and then uh, tech support for incoming customer calls and emails and stuff like that. That that's what I spend the majority of my time doing. And then, uh, sort of 
just going wherever else they need me to go in between all of those things. Sure. No, I had jobs where, you know, it, nothing was out of bounds, right? Shovel snow, uh, <laughs> whatever. Yep. Well, and, you uh, know, that's how I was raised. You know, there's yeah. there's no job worth doing it or not worth doing if it needs doing. So that's how right. I was raised. Exactly. That's still how I think about life, basically. <laughs> Hey, give us your sense of uh, what, what's what's your favorite part of all of that. What do you like to sink your teeth into when it comes to water treatment? Def, I mean, definitely R&D, hands down. Uh, and then a close second would be product application when, you know, when things start to get uh, creative, uh, when you get more challenging applications. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a numbers monkey. I love to just... Uh, I actually call it, I describe it as uh, a lust for learning. I, uh, I actually, I have obsessive compulsive disorder, which I sort of try to channel into the research element. So uh, the reason I use a, you know, somewhat negative connotation, depending on who you're talking to, uh, using the word lust is because I very easily go, I get sucked in big time. And next thing I know, I've spent like, it's seven o'clock at night, and I'm still, <laughs> I'm still researching something I started at like ten in the morning because I completely lose track of everything. So, well, uh, others might call that passion, you yeah. Know? And it's, it's always good to match passion and vocation, and so I can certainly understand what you're talking about. And uh, we're we're grateful for your expertise and sharing it with us. So, let's talk about your presentation at the upcoming WQA convention. And by the way, as you, our listener, hears about this, the convention in July in Las Vegas uh, is July 28th through the 30th. And you can go to wqa.org slash convention to learn more about it and to register. So if you're in the water treatment industry, this is the event of the year. And we're so glad that we will be meeting in person following the pandemic. Uh, as many of you know, uh, the uh, convention last year in person was canceled and we converted to an online event, but this is going to be a hybrid event with both uh, on-demand sessions available, live streaming available, and then in-person, of course, is our main uh, thrust uh, as we all meet and uh, walk that trade show, see the new technology, perhaps even some of the things I'm sure that uh, Justin is interested in. But Justin, your presentation, as I understand it, is actually one of the on-demand sessions. Is that correct? Yep. And so the title of your presentation is Understanding TDS Creep in RO Systems. TDS creep. What is that exactly? I have kind of a sense of what it might be, but explain the title first and then we can get into the nuts and bolts. Yeah. So, so TDS creep is a little bit of an obtuse term, but uh, how most people in our industry would interpret that is the phenomenon where essentially you get uh, lower than normal TDS rejection in certain scenarios through your RO system. And it's typically associated with the concept of, so osmosis is the concept where if you have a semi-permeable membrane and you have uh, low TDS water on one side and higher concentration TDS water on the other side, in order to balance out the concentration, the water from the diluted side is going to migrate towards the concentrated side. Reverse osmosis is exactly what it sounds like. We're reversing that process by applying 
press sufficient influent pressure on the concentrate side of the membrane to force the dilute water towards the dilute side. Um, so when a unit, when an RO membrane sits idle and you don't have active pressure fighting against the uh, osmotic pressure, nat- osmosis takes effect and you end up with getting TDS creeping into the treated side of the membrane. So when you first, uh, the most common culprit is not flushing the system when you first turn it on. So if you open a faucet on an undersink RO and instantly take a sample if, versus letting it run for 10, 15 seconds, you could, you're likely to see a pretty significant decrease in TDS after 10 to 15 seconds. And it's once again, just it's all because osmosis, the natural phenomenon of, an, of osmosis is going to come back into effect as you stop applying pressure. And TDS, total dissolved solids, right? Yep. Okay. And and tell me what that means. If you had a higher than expected or higher than normal level of TDS, what's good or bad about that? So the question of good versus bad when it comes to TDS, ultimately, to some extent, depends on the application at hand. But Typically, you want your TD. You don't want your TDS to be below 50 milligrams per liter if you're flowing through any sort of metals that are going to be uh, susceptible to corrosion, uh, such as you know the most common, obviously, being copper. Uh, that's a general rule of thumb. Uh, it's not necessarily less. You can't say less than 50 TDS is always going to be corrosive. Uh, for example, there are several locations in the city of Seattle where they have like 35 milligrams per liter TDS and they don't have corrosion issues because they do other things to the water to prevent the corrosion from occurring. Um they're also blessed with they have like right around neutral pH and nice low alkalinity. So they they don't have major corrosion issues from an elevated DIC or anything like that. They just have to essentially buffer the water a little bit and then use uh, something like an orthophosphate blend uh, is what they do in a lot of Seattle, at least. Um High TDS, as your TDS increases, uh, a good thing about uh, increasing TDS with moderation is taste. Um, most people do not like the taste of very low TDS water. Um, that's why it's very common that you see remineralizing filters on a lot of uh, under-sink RO systems because the water just tastes bland. Um, with that said, there are companies that make millions of dollars selling deionized water as drinking water, which is completely crazy to me, but because uh, that water literally just tastes like the plastic you're drinking out of and nothing else. Um, uh, but most people... Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, I was going to say, so you taking out too much of the TDS removes that sort of mineralized taste that we've all come to expect or to some level, to, to some extent, enjoy uh, when drinking a glass of water. Yep. And, and at the end of the day, you know, we're talking about taste, so it's entirely subjective. Um, like, I grew up drinking softened water, not going through an RO, so softened water tastes normal to me. One of my coworkers installed a softener in their house shortly after they started working here, and she couldn't stand the taste of the water uh, because she was used to drinking moderately hard, 
city water that was just going through a carbon filter in a fridge. So taste is always subjective, but most people, the sweet spot for taste is typically like 150 to 300 TDS. Uh, usually like 150, 200 is a better sweet spot for the TDS range that most people prefer. But what comprises the TDS is really important too. Um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, in Seattle, they have low TDS water and it's almost all alkalinity. Uh, if the bulk of the anion side of your TDS is chloride, eh, you have a lot more problems even at a lower TDS. So it's not just TDS and upon itself that's important. You really want to, uh, especially when it comes to things like taste and corrosion, the actual makeup is important. But that 150 to 250 that's sort of the generally agreed upon as much as you can, you know, qualify and quantify taste. That's the general agreement. Uh, and then right. as, as the TDS gets very high, it gets more and more corrosive uh, in part because of the increased ability of the water to conduct electricity. Uh, and since corrosion is ultimately an electrochemical reaction. Obviously, the more conductive the water is, the more corrosive it's going to be. Uh, but also, once again, depending on the specific uh, ionic makeup of the water, a 500 TDS could potentially be a whole lot worse than an 800 TDS, depending on the specific makeup. When it comes to TDS creep, then, how much of a problem is this in RO systems and what, you know, what are we going to learn from the presentation when it comes to addressing the problem? So as far as commonality, it basically happens on every single under sink RO system. It's just people don't really notice it because when you think about drinking dynamics, I mean, how many people really just fill a six to eight ounce glass? nowadays, right? The glasses aren't that small anymore. So you have a dilution effect that comes into effect where you aren't going to notice a huge difference in taste unless you're, you know, uh, a serious water connoisseur. Uh, so in most residential applications, you'd really only notice the issue if you're really paying attention. Uh, or if you have a very high influent TDS, because the higher your influent TDS, the higher the osmotic pressure you have to fight against and the greater the impact of TDS and uh, TDS creep. Uh, and RO is, it's important to remember that RO is a function of percentage reduction. You never take everything out. So if you're taking out 90% of 100 TDS versus 90% of 2000 TDS, you obviously have a lot more TDS left in the 2000 influent than you do the 100 influent. Um, so where you're actually going to notice a significant difference in taste is going to be where you have uh, low pressure, uh, low feed pressure, or, you know, in coastal towns, uh, or coastal properties, rather, where you're, or anywhere where you have a higher TDS, but obviously that's going to be more prevalent in coastal uh, locations. That's where you're going to really notice the difference as far as, like, residential drinking water units go. Um when it comes to where TDS creep becomes really, really bothersome is 
more in commercial industrial applications where uh, they're looking for where a difference of, you know, one to two TDS can be the difference between a manufacturing process working and a manufacturing process failing. Um, and those and those types of scenarios, you will typically have automated measures in place where you always flush, for example. Uh, if you have an RO system with no storage tank, uh, you know, what I often refer to as just a live feed RO system, and it's for any sort of manufacturing process or anything like that, it's, it, I would sincerely hope it's always going to have an automated flush mechanism so that when you go to turn that water on, you don't actually get water right away because uh, it flushes first or it constantly recirks the water to make sure that you can still get instantaneous water, but you're also not going to have TDS creep issues because you're basically constantly keeping the membrane active. And that's, that's a key thing to remember. RO membranes like to work. The more an RO membrane makes water, in most scenarios, the less issue you're going to have with that RO membrane in terms of product water quality. Um, so sizing of RO systems is really important. You can very easily oversize an RO system that you know all, barely runs at all, and you're going to make lots of water, but and you're going to make it fast, but your product water quality is probably going to be garbage if you grossly oversize your RO system. Oh, that's interesting. So who would most benefit by attending? I'll use the word attending in quotes because, again, yours is a virtual and it's on demand. And you can you know click on it and, and uh, uh, watch it, if you will, uh, on demand as part of your registration of WQA's convention. So uh, who would most benefit from this? Or maybe another way to say, who's this designed for? So I think the most appropriate, just sort of the tact I took with uh, the presentation was focusing primarily on residential uh, water treatment installers. Uh, I do touch on some you know, we do talk about some of the chemistry of, that's going on that it will be of more interest to commercial industrial applications, but we don't, it's not really a deep dive. It's a pretty brief presentation. Uh, so it's definitely targeted towards, I would say, beginner to intermediate uh, skill levels, um, at least as I would define those. I don't know. I'm, I'm usually pretty bad at defining those parameters, uh, but yeah, I, primarily water treatment dealers who are installing ROs uh, or want to start installing under sink ROs because we do focus quite a bit on different storage methodologies, uh, which are going to be directly applicable to uh, point of use residential uh, applications. Well, very interesting. And I learned a lot in just this short uh, interview with you on the podcast. So we appreciate it. Justin, thank you. And um, we will be looking for that presentation again at WQA's convention. This will be an on-demand session. And if you are attending in person, you can access that as part of your registration. If you're attending as a virtual attendee, you'll be able to click on the link and watch that presentation as well. And those uh, sessions will be available 
I believe soon, just shortly before the convention opens, and then they will be available online for a good many weeks or months afterward as well. So we're looking forward to having uh, you and uh, all of the other presenters with all of the great education sessions and opportunities to earn continuing professional development credits, which of course is what we want to make sure people have so they can continue their certifications. So again, Justin, thank you. No problem. Thank you. Justin Mest, Science and Technology Department Head at Master Water Conditioning Corporation, joining us on WQA Radio. Our WQA tip, the WQA Business Boot Camp is coming up July 27th in Las Vegas, just ahead of the start of the WQA Convention and Exposition. The great part about boot camp is learning from the business experts while also interacting with your colleagues who are going through many of the same challenges and issues that you are. Register for boot camp when you register for convention. Go on over to wqa.org bootcamp to learn more and learn more about convention which takes place July 28th through the 30th at the Las Vegas Convention Center at wqa.org slash convention. And one special announcement. If you have yet to register for the WQA convention, we've got a special. This is for WQA radio listeners only. When you register for convention in the month of July, use the promo code radio and you'll receive a $50 discount on registration. What's not to like about that? Go to wqa.org convention to learn more and register. And again, use radio as the promo code when you register and receive your special savings. Thanks again to our sponsor, Watts and the new BBS 100. Give your customers peace of mind at every tap with a complete home solution for lead and PFAS and more. Visit watts.com for more info. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at wqa.org and, of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio. WQA Radio.